right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another hour of Scotch Hour. I'm Noah. And I'm Jesse. Well, welcome back, Jesse. Uh, hopefully you had another great week. Um, I'm, I know uh, I feel like I had a decent week, especially a great weekend. And um, I think we have a great show lined up here tonight. Absolutely. Um, our first segment, which is the Scotch Review, we will be talking about the Dalmore uh, Cigar Malt, uh, which is supposed to be paired with cigars. Although it's paired perfectly with cigars. Yes. Although I don't think we uh I don't think we stopped off to get cigars. Dude. You know there's humidors in multiple <laughs> rooms in this house. We're Man. good. I'm Man. good, I'm good, I'm good. Wouldn't change it if I could. <laughs> and then from there we have our uh shout outs with our new segment of Get It Together. Followed up by our uh, Smarter Challenge, which was to watch uh, watch the movie The uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Scotch review. Dalmore. Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. The Cigar Malt Reserve. Matured in American White Oak Casks. Matza Salem Oloroso Cask. And Cabernet Sauvignon Barriques to complement a fine cigar. Yes. So the only tragedy about this fine spirit is they did discontinue making it in the middle of 2009. I know, right? Dude, the finish is... is there was a huge, uh, huge uproar about that. Yeah, because apparently it pairs very well with a robust, powerful cigar. So uh, when I read that, I wasn't quite sure. Did they say that it was like toy? discontinued or did they actually kind of bring it back but it wasn't quite the same my understanding is that it is discontinued but it's one of those same things where they've got their batches already maturing so they're going to finish it off and once it's gone it's gone it's gone oh that's uh that's tragic i know but that's why we always buy you know more than one bottle at a time because uh money's no object not scotch <laughs> <laughs> right mean, off. don't pay off just just don't pay your taxes <laughs> All right, handsome, uh, actually a very handsome red box here, a uh, different little take on the top that you can actually turn over to rest of the bottle upon after you pull it out of the case. The bottle itself, those great Dalmore antlers, and uh, undoubtedly not going to disappoint. Undoubtedly not. Um, yeah, so... Some of the things I, I got here was that uh, Delmore dates back to, uh, it's actually a part of royalty, goes back to uh, 1263. Yeah. And uh, Colin Kintel of the clan, <laughs> clan McKenzie uh, saved uh, King. Colin McLeod of the clan McLeod. King Alexander III. So that's who it was. So. Uh, so, yes, uh, the chief of the clan, uh, <laughs> Mackenzie, saved uh, King uh, Alexander III. And when he did that, he granted them to use the emblem of a 12-pointed stag. So that became their emblem. And then back in 1867, the descendants uh, then uh, became the owners of the distillery. And then for those of you who don't know what a um, the Cabernet Sauvignon um the bark, the barks, is that what is it? I mean, I'm Close sure. enough. <laughs> Anyways, it's just like a smaller cask. So it holds about 255 milliliters versus the normal cask, which hold uh, over uh, about 300. So, and then 
So yeah, you, you mentioned it was American white oak, right? American white oak. And then the uh, it also they also use Not sherry. The red oak. Yeah, right. and they use uh, Oloroso sherry that has been aged for thirty years. Those casks. Yeah, and uh, man, Madu Salem Oloroso cask. So a very yeah. specific cask indeed. Yeah, which is aged thirty years. That's kind of nice. Yeah, that's older than either of us. Yeah. <laughs> What's that like, man? I don't know. I wonder if getting old is going to suck. <laughs> Body parts are breaking down, they say. I mean, that's why we drink scotch. We drink and we know things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll go ahead and we'll do our little uh, cut scene here and uh, do our tasting notes and then come back. You know, as you mentioned, they've got this phenomenal... No, I was just going to toss in there real quick. Uh, they've got this phenomenal history that dates back 700, 800 years. Um 900 we're almost talking you know a thousand years to that point uh but it, even within that the scotch itself this particular version not version but uh brand has been doing this well crafting it like uh master craftsman for over 150 years that alone is indeed noteworthy yes it is all right well the time i don't know i thought it was before but then you you added some more so Dude, let's sure. do the fast forward clip i'm eager to smell and taste this okay that's what she said here we go then <laughs> all right cheers, cheers. This is a, I can see why this is, why there is a big uproar about it being discontinued in 2009. Um, this, this scotch would go amazing with a nice cigar. And um, when, when I first, my initial, uh, uh, when I first smelled it and I was looking at the bouquet, my initial thought of it was um, cedar from a walk-in um, humidor. You know, when you get that, when you, or even like a small humidor, or when you first pop them open, you can smell the tobacco from the from the cigars and that cedar or whatever that they use on them. And uh, that was my very, very, very first impression of when I smelled this scotch. And um, the other things I got here on the nose was um, some dark cherries, shortbread, and... Uh, caramel and chocolate and um it's just just like hints of chocolate hints of like uh it took me a while to pick up on the caramel but i got the caramel there and uh there you can smell like that sweetness and i think that might be from that shortbread or even maybe a biscuit i'm going biscuit going biscuit and then um as far as the palate goes um i i got like sweet toffee Going into uh, caramel with some uh, orange, uh, orange zest, like almost a burnt orange zest, and um, 
and then on, the, on my finish, I got clove, cinnamon, and uh, and a little bit of oak. And I didn't mention the color yet, but the color I had put down as being a dark, a nice dark amber to a dark brassy color. And uh, it's, uh, it makes me kind of reminiscent of the uh, McAllen number six. And uh, actually, I think this might be a little bit darker. It just might. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is actually awesome. And it just, I think it just, it's well-rounded. It's uh, super complex. And I can, you know, when, you, when you're puffing a great cigar and you go to drink a scotch, this is the scotch to drink with it. Hands well, down. So far, some someday that uh, day might be today. That theory will be tested. <laughs> so you know, with me, much like yourself, dark amber brass color that is fantastic looking in a glass. A uh, little bit heavier pour than some, but I mean, when you know what you want, you know what you want. With that, man, for me on the nose, immediately I'm getting that caramel and then there's that biscuit and i'm not you know that i think the biggest difference to me between a shortbread and a biscuit is to me a true biscuit has almost no sweetness but it has that welcoming texture um scent that you know anything like a, a strawberry shortcake is going to go perfectly upon and oh man Oh, yeah, just the nose is caramel, biscuits, and a hint of coffee to me. When you get to the palate, this is an amazing palate, and it goes straight to burnt caramel from that caramel scent on the nose. It goes straight to burnt caramel, and then I'm going to say flamed orange peel, and I think this is uh, what you're associating with the orange zest or the orange is when you take a piece of that peel and you flame it and you get that aroma um, and then it transcends into the flavor. If you can capture that in that drink, uh, that is absolutely what they've done very well here. The last thing with the flavor, those sherry casks, those rare sherry casks they use, perfectly integrated the flavor into the palate the finish this is where i get more of that uh, it's kind of spicy not in a bad way in a great way uh, you get that orange zest the clove the cinnamon and the cinnamon and the cinnamon for me the finish is a nice long finish and i love it again if you were to pair this with a cigar that is fabulous it does not leave you wanting man so many things leave me wanting this does not <laughs> But, man, from beginning to the end, the more I sip delicately upon this, the more wonderfully well-rounded it is between the nose, the palate, and that wonderful spicy finish and when i say spicy it's not negative at first i thought this was a little hot you know it's sitting at 44 percent uh, alcohol by volume uh, but that's not it at all it's that cinnamon and it is a good heat it's wonderful and i uh, two thumbs up it's time for our shout outs so a uh, couple you know shout outs first of all 
Um, shout out to the Red Bull Racing team, uh, in particular Max Verstappen, um, and then also shout out to the Scuderia Ferrari Racing team, both of these Formula One teams. For those of you who might not be aware, um, and Charles Leclerc, uh, phenomenal race weekend in Saudi Arabia. I'm glad the show went on. There was a little worry about some uh, activities outside. Uh, not so close to the track, but where uh, a terrorist attack took place and was burning a fuel depot, uh, much like the one that was going on in uh, Ukraine, interestingly enough. The photos almost looks identical. And with that, um, it, it's just interesting because, man, I'm so glad this race happened. And these two continue to bring this sport to life, for Stoffen in particular. Uh, but Charles Leclerc, good, clean fighting on the track. It was wonderful to see Leclerc and Verstappen um, and then the pitch strategies and how you undercut and overtake and or overcut and undertake uh, during the race during your pits. Uh, it was a wonderfully strategized and executed race to two great drivers who continue to make this a fun sport for me again. I mean, it reminds me of the Mika Hakkinen and Michael Schumacher days. Uh, yeah, I just, I love it. So thank you guys. Great shout out um, from me to you for keeping this sport in the arena it should be in the top auto racing arena on on the on the planet and i think that's great uh, uh you want to do your shouts and then we'll do some of our get it togethers do you have any more, <laughs> well, do you have any more shout outs it's kind of like a shout out get it together and this one man okay well then i guess i'll do my, my yeah, yeah all right if we're gonna just do pure shout outs then uh I'm gonna my 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 shout out is, is kind of like a combo. It's got it's for the tailgates um, restaurant that we uh, visited um, there in Parker and you. <laughs> so as, for those of you who watch our 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 show our podcast, you know we went to the tailgate uh, um, bar and grill or whatever tap house or whatever it's called. Uh, probably about what two three weeks ago, maybe like three weeks ago. And we mentioned how great the uh, Monday night deal was there for the for their burgers, which are half off, phenomenal. And I I remember uh, saying like, well, uh, Jesse's like, yeah, we'll go back there again. I'm like, well, how are we gonna go back there again? We we usually do our restaurant reviews uh, every Monday, but the last couple of Mondays we've actually had our meals on a different day, and so we've actually gone back to the tailgate twice already. So. I'm just going to say uh, I'm giving you a shout out for calling it <laughs> and give a shout out to the uh, tailgate for, for having such a great deal on these burgers. And they're not like small burgers either. They're like no. decently sized burgers and you get a good side with it and, and you're paying half off. So you're paying like six, seven bucks for a, like a good burger and you're not going to get that from any anywhere else. You go to like a McDonald's or a Wendy's or something like that. You're paying like nine bucks anyways. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, shout out to the tailgate and their burger half price Monday days. Uh, the, the flip side would be get it together. Red Robin, the $16 burgers. I took my kids to go get it after our hike yesterday. Uh, that was tragic. First thing my son says when we looked at the burgers and they put them on the table was, that looks like a really small burger. So contrary to the tailgate burger, not small. I had the Zeus this evening, hero meat on top of that. Ground beef patty, delicious. Um, yeah, it does not disappoint. No, it does not. And uh, I had the uh, Mex uh, the Mexicali and uh, the 
I don't know, was it two weeks ago or whatever when we went back again the other time? <laughs> I had the uh, barbecue uh, bacon burger. And you had their like their special, like the green chili burgers. Yeah, man, it was great. It was massive. It was two patties, no bun, smothered with fries and chili upon it, and it was delicious. The tailgater, <laughs> <laughs> the tailgater. That was that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you guys are if you are ever find yourself in the uh, Parker area on a Monday night, definitely go to the tailgate and enjoy yourself a half price burger. Uh, you will not regret it. It's probably uh, like. The burgers in general just are great, yeah. but throw on the fact that it's half off, phenomenal. A 6 to $7 hamburger, uh, our meal we could not have gotten at McDonald's for that price. No, not at all. No. <laughs> nope. And you can throw in like a, like a Coors Light for me, uh, then you know, you're looking at probably what it would cost normally. Yeah, or a Voodoo Ranger IPA. Yeah, so you're getting a free beer. Yeah, exactly. Actually... Free beer and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was, it, that's a great shout out. I like that. Yeah, so that so you and, and you and the tailgate get the shout out there. All right, your get it together's. All right. So oh wait wait I think I got one more. Sorry. Oh yeah, do it, man, do it. All right. So my other shout out goes to the meme creators because I think what your what your kind of like shout out slash uh, get it together is going to kind of coincide with my meme creators. I think after this event that happened on Sunday, uh, we had some. There's been some really great memes that have come out. So I want to just give a shout out to those people who create those memes uh, for this particular uh, event and all the other ones. So yeah. go ahead. Now, now you can bring it in with yours. So here's what's interesting. So the uh, shout out slash get it together goes to Will Smith and his potential slap upon the cheek of Chris Rock. For joking about his wife, but in a way that probably Will Smith has taken very personal. And uh, what we're talking about is Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. And let's face it, this wasn't a punch. This was like a, hey, you slap. (laughs) And slaps him, at least that's what it appears as, and then says some, some words and goes and sits down. And when Chris Rock finally gets it. Like, he, it took him a minute to get it back together. I don't think this was a Tyson knockout where the guy was stumbling around the ring, but maybe it was. It might as well have been. He lopped, he like slapped the funny out of Chris Rock. How do you do that? Chris Rock wasn't, wasn't funny for a minute. He was like, it was a joke, man. <laughs> so the, uh, the, the get it together is, uh, man. Okay, so here's my struggle. In watching this video, you see Will Smith at first laughing at the joke. And then, man, he looks at his wife's face. And that's the get it together part. And he sees her disapproval. And I don't think that she's not uh, or shouldn't be some humbled person with her own life's um challenges if you will you know things she's having to go through uh challenges can be anything from a hangnail to cancer um to, but her, uh, slobbing other guys's poles you know you never know but with that she's had her own life challenges and uh man when will smith saw her face this is where it's a really a struggle because I don't want my kids to look upon this and be like, whoa, man, you shouldn't go around defending your wife or your family with violence. And yet at the same time, it's like, well, 
it's better than puffing your chest and pretending you would. And then in the end of the day, the other guy comes up and says, what, you're going to stand up there? It kind of makes me think, feel like the, the U.S., the get it together with U.S. and Biden and their uh, not so courageous words about needing to remove Putin from power. Meanwhile, they've done nothing. And is that the example I want my kids to live by? Absolutely not. That is just words. Um, again, I'm not condoning violence, but at the same time, um, I don't, I don't know that he's so wrong to stand by his wife, whether or not she's always stood by him. Right. But I don't think he's wrong to take that action to stand by his wife. Um, the one thing I would say is, and I think some others that have probably been through some more greater learning experiences, and I'm not saying I'm anywhere near Will Smith's learning, uh, his education, what he's gone through in his industry, in his life. But what I would say is uh, knowing what uh, apparently Denzel Washington said to him and how those words came true, uh, it, it's just this interesting piece of maybe there was a slightly better way Maybe it didn't have to be violence. Maybe he still approached Chris Rock and literally just said, and I think uh, whether or not the masses would agree with me or not, but just said, hey, right now I just need one thing. I need you to apologize to my wife. Um, I don't really have a get it together this week. Um, I mean, I was going to say something similar to yours with Will uh, with Will Smith. Um, just real, real short, just keep it short. Uh, Dan Danzel Washington, what he said to Will Smith, I'll give him a a shout out. Um, Will Smith and Chris Rock, um, I'll give them both just a kind of a get it together. And um, even Jada, I'd probably give her a get it get it together. Uh. And the reason why I'm saying that is because she was also laughing, and then you see her turn her head and then make make a make a face. So uh, here, and we talk about speculation and. I know there's a, there's people out there who believe like this was authentic and real. And then I know there's people out there who think it's staged, whether it was staged or authentic. I will just say for all three of those people, just get it together. Restaurant All right, restaurant review this week was two penguins. Two penguins. Tap house. All right. Do you want to go first? I can go first. So for me, my dinner, I did my usual. Um, first off, they have a pretty nice little establishment. It's been there for seven years. It used to be an event center for much longer that, than that. But for the last seven years, they've run this uh, bar or brewery, this tap house and pub uh, with some decent food. I thought the food was actually really good, really filling, especially for the price. Um, the beers, uh, if you're going for something simple, I don't know that this is the place for you, but they do have a nice selection, a fairly large selection of micro brews. I had a couple good ones, um, and we started off with their version of chili cheese fries, which Ooh, I thought were great. Those were yummy, dude. They were also stuffing. <laughs> yes, they were. You know what? It, like I felt full probably up <laughs> until yesterday. <laughs> um, it. 
I don't know. That but those fries are good. They were great. Um, we also tested their pub chips and barbecue sauce, which were good. Um, now, here's the struggle: is no one I have hemmed and hawed. We were going back and forth. These chips, they're they're okay. They're okay. And at the end of the night, man, the chip bowl was like <laughs> empty. There were a couple of crumbs, and I was like, "Well, they were good enough to eat, even though we were stuffed." <laughs> so the chips were pretty good. And then I, you know, I had the. Uh, uh, beer battered fish and chips and the uh, cod was uh, fried cooked perfectly uh, that the french fries were good this was one of the very few times i leave a restaurant and my plate still had a fair amount of food on it and not because it wasn't delicious there were a ton of fries left on there their serving sizes were large and it was very filling yes i would agree with that um the the fries with the pork that we got on there, uh, they were excellent. I think it was a green chili, uh, green chili uh, fries with mm-hmm. with pork added on. Yeah, uh, very very good, very delicious. That could just been a meal in itself. That's where I should have stopped, honestly. And then uh, the pub chips, uh, you know, yes. At the end of the day, they were the basket was empty. Um, the chips themselves probably could have used a little bit more salt, um, but then. When you dipped it into the barbecue sauce, then the saltiness of the chip didn't really matter. But it, to me, like the the sweetness of the barbecue was a little bit overpowering, so I couldn't like dip every chip I ate into there. So I had to like alternate a little bit. It was decent. I'm not sure I would ever order it again, though. But the fries, In I definitely yeah. <laughs> the fries I would do again. Um, my my meal, I didn't actually get a meal. I just got some sliders because I was so full anyways. <laughs> and that's partially why I also, you know, like I struggled with the beer ordering too because typically when I go out, I don't know anymore, uh, I used to work in a liquor store, as you know. I was a manager of a liquor store. And um, I used to drink a ton of microbrews and imports and stuff like that. And I got to a point to where, to me, a lot of the microbrews all are all the same. These are over hopping, and it's not that great to me anymore. And so, a lot of times when I go out, I just like want something simple, like a McLeod Ultra or a Heineken or Coors Light, and uh, they didn't have any of that for me. So, because a lot of times I find microbrews are a little bit sit a little bit heavier uh, in my belly, and I was already full. Yeah, and uh, I really didn't want more stuff sitting in my belly but uh any case like the three little sliders uh they were really good um so if you are going to like get a appetizer and split i it's highly suggest getting the green chili fries with the pork and then maybe doing something small like the sliders that go on the side yeah and the prices were fairly reasonable so for the green chili fries nine ten bucks for the chips four dollars and for my fish and chips 16 uh, the beers were all reasonably priced as well again a nice selection if you like uh, micro brews which i do still enjoy them uh and uh man they do like the price was literally contrary contrast to the dalmore and i don't know that we mentioned you know the 175 to 200 dollar price range for the dalmore cigar malt reserve uh but yeah you could go to this restaurant with a friend four or five times for that price leave stuffed with several beverages <laughs> well we may not have uh thought about that one too well as far as matching it up with uh with the dalmore but it was um, it was an excellent restaurant. Yeah, you could take. I think you could, you could take a date there. 
uh, a first aid even. Um, it seems like it's like kind of like almost like right in the middle of a business park area anyway. So, yeah, you can take, you can meet um, clients there. You can meet your coworkers there, friends there. Um, and I think during the summertime, though, I think that's when it would be a total plus because they have a huge patio there. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I agree with Noah. Take a first date, go for a fun date, go with a friend. Uh, man, it was delicious. It really was. I yeah. No regrets. <laughs> Not even one letter. <laughs> Not even one. Uh, I would give it a. I would give it a solid eight. Even the uh, waiter that we had, he was he, he was a good waiter. He, he wasn't my favorite, and I think it's just because he was kind of goofy, but he was different. Um, but I think he fit the atmosphere perfectly, and he did his job well. He did his job great. So I agree with you, eight, like right there. Um, and part of that, part of my eight is stemmed off of value. Like I could have just had that appetizer and gone home full. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about the uh, two penguins? No, it's just a lot of fun, and I do highly recommend it. Um, I, I've driven past it for seven years off and on. Uh, it's right off of Arapahoe Road, although the access isn't necessarily the easiest. The pace was booming the night we went, and, um, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I, I agree. Um, looking at the sign, it's not a place I normally would go to. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> But I would highly suggest going there. And if you do go there, let, let them know that you heard about them on... Uh, from Scotch Hour. From Scotch Hour. You know, chili cheese fries are chili cheese tots. The pot, you know, when we talk about some of this, we're going to have to do a show just on that and do a compare and contrast um, and try to figure out how we can fit in all of our favorites. Because now, uh, for different reasons, we have found greats at the Twin Peaks. They had an amazing version. Um, now we have two penguins, um, the West Main Town, house and then uh are you talking about the uh 20 mile 20 mile with their tachos yeah are, um, are you going to throw tachos in with these yeah that's the thing is then you got to go to the sports book and there's so many different options it's just been great to see some of the different variations and how well even though they're different they still pair perfectly with a beer Fellas, look what i found in my pocket look a year's salary right here what i call them Fun coupons. All right, so this week's Smarter Challenge was to watch The Wolf of Wall Street. And that's basically the life story of uh, Jordan Belfort. Yes. And uh, depending on who you listen to, <laughs> it's uh, either an embellishment and kind of a glossed over nice version of his life, or it's a. Uh, Pretty much factual, so I guess uh, it's up to you to decide when you watch it and any other kind of research you do with that about it. But uh, where do you want to go with this? You know, part of it is just to really look at it and try to uh, decide why was this the one guy, the one main guy. Lots of them have done it. He gets called out, um, takes a takes a beating. Really doesn't take that much of a beating. Spends a couple years in a country club of a prison. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, doesn't take that much of a beating. Does a couple years in a country club of a prison. Yeah, there's Matthew McConaughey, by the way, probably my favorite. And we're going to get to that piece, by the way. But with that, um, man, all right, let's look at this. 
What do I really think of this movie? So this movie is in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most number of profanities. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. No, it's in I, the Guinness Book of World Records. I didn't know you swore that much in it. <laughs> Dude, that's just it. You're around me. So you're like, that was that was normal. <laughs> I might cuss once in a while. Just saying. Uh, people I uh, work with may not know this, but... Poor Noah does, or lucky Noah, as I will call him. Do you uh, swear that much? I don't think you do. I think I swear that's just it, dude. I think I swear more than you do. You're probably just more conscious of your swearing and less conscious of mine. But yes, I swear a lot. I remember there have been shows where you're like, you're already, it's like, we've been in the show for 10 minutes. You're on your 10th F-bomb or 4th F-bomb. <laughs> it's like, well, fuck. <laughs> There's another one. Fuck. <laughs> exactly. So with Man, that, fuck. Yeah, yeah, this, this, yeah, this movie is in the Guinness Book of World Records for the greatest number of profane words. And it is, I don't know if it's an embellishment or not. I, I really don't. What I can tell you is I love how it opens with the red Ferrari driving down the hall, the highway, and he's like, that's not, no, 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 that's not my car. Mine was white. Mine was a white. And what he's talking about is a white Ferrari Testarossa, by the way. And he's saying it's more like Don Johnson's from Miami Vice. And that's my wife. And that's enough. That's all we have to say right there. I mean, no, he, you see the back of her head. That's all you, you see. And uh, the movie shoots forth and back. Um, but really, you know, what does it mean to be happy? What do you do as these individuals who get the happiness? And then what does it mean to be a mentor? So when I'm watching this movie... I'm looking at Matthew McConaughey. Oh. <laughs> oh. See, now. However he does it, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, he's like got his own little ape song there. But with this, Matthew McConaughey takes Belfort's, um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, to a restaurant early on. And the waiter comes over and he tips the waiter very well. And he's like, okay, so we're going to start with two martinis and then you're going to bring another one in seven minutes. And then you're going to bring another one seven minutes after that. And you're going to bring one every seven minutes until one of us is under the table. Okay. You know, what's really funny there. I believe that. I believe that too, because here, here like the other day I was actually this, it was actually this, uh, this afternoon or this morning, uh, one of our, one of my coworkers, uh, in our little group, she mentioned how she went to Vegas, and then we all started talking about Vegas. I'm like, you know what you do is you go to the slot machines area because the waitresses over there, they don't get uh, tipped very well. So you tip them 5 bucks or $10 to begin with, and then you tell them to keep it coming, and every time they come by, you give them another $2 tip, and then they just keep bringing them by, bringing them by. I did this one time. I ended up having like a 12-pack of Heinekens with me. <laughs> <laughs> like They kept bringing them by so fast. I wasn't able to drink my beer fast enough, and all of a sudden I had like a like in like the little slot thing where all the coins used to drop in. I had close to like almost twelve bottles where I was at. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> so it works. <laughs> I have no doubt. I have no doubt. But what I loved about this, and what I hate about this, is to me the one of the key points here is Matthew McConaughey gets this opportunity. Um, he his uh, character in the movie is Mark Han, and he gets this opportunity to mentor this young lad. And I think at the early stages, Leonardo DiCaprio's character could have gone either way. I think he could have been a good guy. It could have been the hot mess that he ended up being. Now, we're going to get back to that hot mess that he could have ended up being or that he did end up being. Um, but he ends up this hot mess doing drugs, cheating on his wife, doing all these terrible things. And it's like... All off of one conversation with 
Matthew McConaughey? I'm Mark sure in real life, it, I'm sure it happened like a little bit more than one conversation, but he probably just boiled it down in the book or the movie. He'd screenwrite to that one. Right. Uh, it, but I think it only took one because uh, otherwise, as a good guy, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to lunch with and, and these I, I, fruit. He offered me Coke and drinks every seven minutes. Well, you have to look at it like, too. Like, he was like, Matthew McConaughey was like the uh, the top guy in the office, right? And he's in. Good looking and guy. And Bel- Belfort was like this brand new and personable type of person. And the top guy's like, here, let me take you underneath my wing, right? And like he makes like on his very first day there, he like he makes um, Matthew McConaughey makes the sales like come over here, <laughs> and you put you like keep this keep this puppy hot right, throw it into the throw it into the tube, and then you know he kind of you know encourages him into the cell and brings him into the cell so that way he gets like a taste for it, and uh, you know at that point you know if you're a young impressionable impressionable person getting started in the top guy in the office like is taking saying like basically I'm taking you underneath my wing. You can listen to the guy say, even if he tells you, like, you know what, you need to blow coke, right? You need to do blow, and then how many? Do you ever do you masturbate? Well, yeah. How many times? A uh, week. A week. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> and he's like, couple. No, you gotta like masturbate at least at least two times a day. Yeah. And you know, whenever you got to, you find the time, you go just you gotta go yank one out. Whether like you like in the middle of the work day, just go right off into the into the. <laughs> Into the stall, yank one out and come right back out. <laughs> Here's the thing about Matthew McConaughey as an actor. He played that role so well, I could picture him doing it. Yeah. I pictured him getting up from that table and be like, I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> you know, you just gotta rub one out, you gotta rub one out, right? Uh and I and I you know, and I think that right there, as you were saying, it that set the pathway for for Belfort. And was it a bad pathway? I mean, ultimately, he got arrested. The next struggle, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Was it a bad pathway? So, is no one I were doing a little bit of look seeing and like, okay, so how does this guy today? Noah points out, well, he's worth a hundred million dollars after, and his all wife his is better looking income. than his previous two wives. <laughs> yeah, it's like hashtag winning. Wait, you're still worth a hundred million dollars, so you can still live that lifestyle, and you've got like a twenty-five year old supermodel looking wife. Yeah, and his new wife is better looking than the other two wives. I'm just thinking, like, did he go wrong? (laughs) Would you, Noah, take this prison sentence for 22 months of your life for $100 million? Uh, Would I, Jesse? Hashtag sign me up. (laughs) Uh, You know, so it's kind of like, all right, like, you know, there's morals and there's ethics and stuff. And is he an ethical person? Uh, questionable. He, 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 is he a moral person? I don't know. I guess it depends on your own morals, but I think he, he has a moral code. He lives by his moral code, but I don't think it's a very good one. Like, I mean, throughout the whole movie, he's doing blow, pray, uh, taking a, uh, quaaludes and, uh, and screwing any woman that walks in front of him, basically. And wrecking a Lamborghini Countach. Well, that part was like one of my favorite parts <laughs> of the whole movie when they do the lemons. <laughs> and the guy's like, dude, you gotta give me a call on the on the on the phone, on a uh payphone. And he thinks he's like all driving like really slow, making it home all perfect, and his <laughs> he totally yeah. destroys his car. Yeah, no, not just his car, he's a white Lamborghini Countach. <laughs> tragic, tragic. <laughs> I was like he's like and they're all like, uh Mr. Belfort, did you drive tonight? <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I didn't make it home all that safe. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe I didn't make it home like I thought I did. <laughs> uh, the whole the whole scene of him coming out of that 
country clubs crawling. He's like talking about his kid, like how they make it look so easy crawling. (laughs) (laughs) And then him trying to kick open the door. See, and that's the thing is like, I don't really condone this kind of behavior, but at the end of the day, okay. Hey, he's living life though. Dude, not only did he live life, as far as I know, he didn't kill anyone. Now here's another thing. You mentioned morals and or code. And with that, when anyone invests in, you can say cryptocurrency, real estate, and or the stock market, you're gambling. Yeah. You can walk away with nothing or you can walk away with everything. I do love the fact that they use Steve Madden and most known for Steve Madden shoes as the IPO that was real life for this situation as a real barrier in this movie. Um, the one that made him big and got him caught. And with that, man, like, it's just one of these things where it's like, okay, he's not going around killing people. He's using their money. Yeah, he's selling them something. Guess what? We are all sold something. I can go to Costco and try some food that they've used their $20 a tub of seasoning for and get home and try to make that same food. And it can be terrible, even though it was delicious at the restaurant. ABC, baby, ABC. Yeah, always buy Costco. No, <laughs> always be closing. <laughs> right? My, my point being, is you're always taking these gambles and these risks. And the guy at Costco may have only cost me $20 with the terrible seasoning that I never finish and end up throwing away because it expires. Um, did he do anything that much more except for it was a larger sum of money? All I got to say is either being sold or you're doing the selling. Yeah. <laughs> these, <laughs> are all, <laughs> these are little pieces from uh, Matthew McConaughey, I'm sure. <laughs> and yeah, any, sales, sales, like, any sales, they, they, they give you that in every sales training. Uh, yeah you're being sold or there or you're so so really with this you know part of it was to watch the movie because i had never seen it it's been out for quite some time uh came out december 25th 2013 christmas what a great day for such a movie to come out why by the way that's the uh, the american release the u.s market uh the movie made 392 million dollars in theater so scorsese scored big um another thing this movie is known for is its original release um into the mass media market was all digital it was the first all digital release of any motion picture in america oh, didn't know that i will say this though i would probably if i had the opportunity i would definitely go work for that company because that debauchery fridays would be freaking awesome you know, like, botry, you're talking about throwing midgets onto the target, throwing midgets onto the target, having people get their hair like shaved off or like boob jobs. I mean, Dude, that's, so here's another <laughs> thing. Like we all want to pretend that kind of stuff doesn't happen. It's totally happening. The internet. Uh, this week's TikTok: shave your two feet hair off onto the floor and maybe become TikTok famous. <laughs> Dude, I mean, honestly, like, I could see, I could, I if in my younger years coming out of college, if I would have found an office like that, I could have totally, like, totally would have been all in. So which one of the characters in the office are you? And which one of the characters in the office do you want to be? Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Dude, for me, that one's the easy one. Mark Hyann. I want to be Matthew McConaughey, his character, because the guy made it big, big <laughs> enough, and he didn't throw his entire life. But yet he's getting all these, like, I'm going to use the term loosely, morons to make him a ton of money. <laughs> right? You know, Matthew McConaughey's character was pretty good. 
I'm not sure if I'd go with Matthew McConaughey's character because he seemed kind of sleazy. But I guess they all did in a way. Yeah. And he didn't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> like, at the end of the day, he wasn't the hot mess. <laughs> Maybe the Asian dude. Jesus. <laughs> Noah's talking about the fact that he's part Asian in real life. <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> I think I'm going Japanese. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but uh, you know, Belfort did. I mean, he, whether you think what it, what, what, whether you think he did was right or wrong, everyone on Wall Street does it. Nobody knows what the stock's really going to do unless you have insider trading, which most of them do. That's why you can some see of what they're do. buying. Yeah, some of them do, and especially the Congress. And uh, here's the thing: like they all are. They call brokers brokers for a reason. This is like when I when I was working in investments and stuff like that. Uh, they they always talked about how what a broker does is it makes people broke because and Matthew McConaughey's character talks about it right there is that you you want to gain the person's trust just as he mentions and then you move the money back and forth and every time you move the money back and forth the brokers make a commission fee. Small piece, and then they, piece. yeah, and then you keep doing that, and that's how people become broke, and that's why they're called brokers. And that's that's something that I, that I was taught very at a very early part of my career when I was working in, in the financial services industry. Um, but you, you know, honestly, like I said, like I don't think he was doing anything wrong, more so than any anybody else around. Yeah, he might have been selling wealthy people penny stocks, but. <laughs> I mean, if you're making a 50% commission. It's still commission, a gamble. It's still a gamble. I mean, just because something's a penny stock doesn't mean that, uh, like, their inventions or whatever can't make it big. Um, and even if you do buy a penny stock and, you know, you get something for, like, two two cents and it goes up to a dollar, that's a huge gain. It's massive. So That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, so, in any case, like, I don't think what he did was, I mean. Be educated. Be educated is the big thing. Anything, yeah. I say, like, if you're gonna make any investments, you want to kind of like do your due diligence. But even if you do your due diligence, it's not like you're gonna be able to predict what what the market's gonna do. Plus, uh, you know, one of the things this movie didn't really talk about was capital gains and capital gains taxes and tax laws, of course, that have changed. How would it talk about those things? Nowadays, people don't use brokers. They're breaking themselves. It's interesting. <laughs> we talk about this movie coming out on Christmas 2013, so nine years ago. Now we have people more than ever trading, not using a broker, using their own intuitions uh, in crypto, in the stock market, in real estate, if they can afford it. That's the tricky one right now, getting into real estate only because you'll make the money uh if you have enough money um same with any of these really when you think about if you have to buy a whole share can you buy partial coin can you do these different pieces and uh i don't know that everyone's still educating themselves i think that now they're breaking themselves they've become their own brokers if you will <laughs> in uh not taking into consideration these trades they're making back and forth and the possible capital gains taxes they're in there is one part that was what he did was totally illegal. That you mean the, the cocaine and driving, the quaaludes and driving? <laughs> There's only one part. <laughs> well, I wasn't really Flying counting. a helicopter without a helicopter <laughs> license. I wasn't really talking about all those. I'm talking about with the investing. Oh. is where he uh, basically uh, set up those uh, shell accounts where he uh, had own, 
own shares of Steve Madden. And that, that was the one part that you're not supposed to do. Own 80% of a company that you're going to go and help and go do, I, yeah. IPO. Do, yeah. <laughs> that you're not supposed to be doing. Hey, uh, again. But if you get caught, then, you know, then it's bad. But if you don't get caught, yeah, you're walking away with millions. Yeah. And how many CEOs have sold off huge portions of their stocks this past year? Why? Because they know things. Yeah, they know that there's going to be a big, huge uh, crash coming. Lots of lots of possibilities with that. Lots of possibilities with that. So with that, though, like, do you fault the guy for taking the risk? No. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't fault him because, he like, it was in real life. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, I mean, did, yeah, he had to go to jail. Yeah, now he now he has a criminal record. Twenty two months. Still has a criminal record. Not 22 years or 30 years or 40 well, years he, with golden handcuffs. He's worth doing $100 million. Here's a couple of things you have to look at. One, yes, yeah, he, he has a criminal record. Two, he had to sell out his friends. And that part, I think, would have been really tough for me. Well, and that is why people like you and me don't have $100 million because we are not that person. We don't have that code. We are more moral, if you will, than he was. He sold out everything and everyone. And, like, what is his new wife thinking? Like, she, oh, my shelf sure life she doesn't cares. Oh, man, I'm sure she gets very little of anything when this is said and done. Uh, yeah, she might have had a sign on a prenup or whatever. Uh, might. But I'm, but I'm just saying, like, uh, ultimately, like, yeah, he had a, yet everything has a cost, right? There's a price to everything, and his cost for even though he he's worth a hundred million dollars now, has a like a supermodel wife and and everything. He he had to, you know, he had to like sell out his friends, and who knows, maybe they weren't very close friends. You know, I, I think it really comes down to risk taking when I think about that. And I think ultimately what he did was take a risk. Now you could say the same and it's the same is true of Formula One drivers. Most Formula One drivers are worth a hundred million or more. Yeah. And their risk is possibly life. dying. Yeah. <laughs> His was life in prison. Theirs is the end of a life. So yeah. Or and, worse, and, yeah, life he, in prison crippled. Uh, and if you wanted to, I'm sure he could have, he could have walked away. And, and, like if you go by the movie. That's the tricky, like, I don't disagree, but he obviously had an addictive personality and had some major issues. But I'm telling you what, man, if I'm like, I, I just know, like, if, if I'm like having that kind of fun where we're like, I had an office and we we're doing crazy shit every Friday. And like, there's like, you're just having a blast living life. Dude, right? You're throwing nothing. little people at a target and the first one to get the bulls, like it's 10 grand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you're just doing all kinds of crazy shit. And you, like, money doesn't matter to you because you just have so much money coming in. You know what? It would be easy to be like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going fucking nowhere. So I mean, I'm here to the end. At what point, then, is enough enough? You know? Because that's, I think, where most people who take these foolish risks risk it all. And when I say foolish risks... Um, I, I guarantee you it's not about money at that point. At that point, it's about, like... Power and fun. It's absolutely power. And fun. And living life. There's two different pieces, power or passion. His was not passion. His was power. I think his was power, but I think some other people would be passion. Uh, I think passion would be most Formula One drivers. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're right. Like, when when is when is enough enough? But, but if you're addicted to whatever you're on, like, honestly, I, I think even at that point with him, with, with how many drugs he was on and stuff, 
It might have been like even harder for him to like even see those lines. Yeah, he wasn't going to the bathroom enough for his five minute breaks. <laughs> Just saying. But with that, you know, there even in regular life, when is enough enough? And I think our own human spirits, people like you, people like me, most of us, we want more. Um, and there's two sides. There's two evils and two gods, if you will, or uh, pluses, if you might, that can take you either direction. The devil is going to lead you to um, no matter how much power you get, you always want more. And or that um, you just need more. It's not even a want. And the, the difference is want or need. Uh, then there's this flip side where the gods can teach you, okay, so, man, you know, here's where, like, we talked about Tom Brady, man. He came out of retirement. That guy earned his retirement. So he's passionate in my mind. Now, I hope it's the good passionate um, and not an evil passionate. I, I hope he's doing this because, man, he just loves the sport and he wants to continue playing. So he's doing it for him. He's not taking away from his family. Let's face it. His wife, his supermodel wife, his kids are all super busy, super busy at their own junctures in life. Yeah. He can still go on vacations with them. He can still do all these great things. They're not missing out. Um, and he's not taking away from them or doing anything illegal. Uh, I don't I don't actually believe Deflategate ever happened. That's one thing. I think, I think it's just BS. But even though it did, I think his, like, the God was saying, man, prove him wrong. And he has time and time and time and time again. All right. I'm not sure. I didn't see him in the movie. No, he's, 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 you know what? You remember that one guy who was like, dude, I'm out. I made my hundred million. Peace. Gonna go marry Giselle. <laughs> that was him. That was him. Oh, was him. maybe, maybe he I tied on the needle and he's like, maybe, maybe I was already high on those lemons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what color were those lemons? <laughs> How did the lemons get white? I'm just curious. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, that was kind. Of, I I like the movie. It's an entertaining movie, um, and I, I think uh, if you become good at your craft, obviously he became great at his craft of selling, and even he, to this day, know, yeah, even to this day. And um, I you know I don't think it really matters what you're selling. You know, even they always teach you like uh, basically uh, he says in the movie that uh, the money in the client's wallet. Needs to go from their wallet into your wallet. I think Matthew McConaughey talks about that. Dude, Matthew McConaughey, the more I see him in these little bit roles, and he wasn't really a bit role, he wasn't a big role. Uh, he is just, he plays his roles flawlessly. His best role, though, ever, I think it might be like. Don't true. say dazed and confused. True detective? Yeah. Yes, agreed. 100. <laughs> uh, to the Although point where. True detective uh, days and confused is great too. Though. It is great, but just don't say that's his best, man, because it's not bad and it definitely had a positive impact. Better never say something like Gold Rush either. Um, not that his rom coms no. weren't good. The only, the only other one I would really call, I would say probably uh, another one that I liked a lot was Contact. Oh, Contact is great, dude, but Interstellar. Interstellar is good. I think Interstellar just showed a piece of him that most people don't understand. That's how damn smart this guy is. 
I, I really do mean that in every aspect of it. I, I think that there are some people, actors, I think Matthew McConaughey probably off the charts with his EQ. And um, with that comes different heightened levels of other intelligence. And I don't think people give him credit for probably how smart he really is. To the point where he lives life. He still I don't think he lived life like Belfort did, though. No, that's my point. That's <laughs> not living life. That's that's literally not living life. Belfort doesn't remember any of that crap with the quaaludes and the cocaine and all the drugs and all the drinking. Whatever he remembered, though, it made for a very entertaining movie. Dude, he probably didn't remember any of that. That was probably like, yeah, listen to what all these guys said. I was high. I, don't, I just remember making money. I remember screwing over Steve Madden making millions every hour. <laughs> <laughs> not saying that's a bad thing, um, but I think Matthew McConaughey has done it well. So I would say if you haven't seen this movie, I definitely would. Uh, yeah. Would, would definitely as long as you're 18 or older, not offended by profanities or R. nudity. or <laughs> Come on. You can't t- possibly tell me you didn't watch radar movies before you're 18. Yeah, things were different back then. You should really like, dude, seriously. It's amazing to watch how things change, both with violence and uh, sex and profanities. I'm and all pretty sure things. there's more sex in the 80s movies. That's later. my point, dude. It's crazy. And then they went like super soft. Like you could have two curse words per movie. And now I think they're back up to like 25 and you can still be PG-13. And it's not just the two words like poop or shit. It's like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> We won't even go there. Phallic and stuff like that, but the less pretty version. <laughs> uh, I I mean, what's what was your favorite? What was your favorite scene? I think what really sticks with me is. Man, I gotta I gotta get out of my head the scene I want to live versus my favorite scene. My favorite scene is absolutely when he's so jacked up thinking he's perfectly good, realizing his life is falling apart, and he's driving his Lamborghini home and he thought he made it like perfectly and it's That's destroyed, dude. <laughs> because I'm like, man, that was not a super expensive car back then. Cars just weren't as expensive back then. Nowadays you can't touch a Lamborghini like that. Well, you can touch a Lamborghini Countach like that, but um, the equivalent Lamborghini on the market, I believe, is over a million dollars now. Um, definitely over four hundred thousand. And back then, I think it was like a seventy thousand dollar car. What today's Corvette is. Um, but just to think, like he was so messed up, so messed up, and he's realizing the light. It like at this point, I'm like, okay. We've probably all made some pretty damn poor life choices and been at some point in our life we're living what he's experiencing in that scene, except that we're not experiencing it at any of that magnitude. We're like, ah, oh, damn, I That's scratched my Honda and he's totaling a damn Lamborghini V12. And That's definitely my favorite scene. And I love how he just like, all of a sudden, it hits him as he's talking on the phone. The guy's like, what are you saying? I can't understand yeah. you. And then, and then he drops to the ground. <laughs> and the way he crawls out and stuff like that. And yeah, and just what's going through his head, even though that's not what he's actually doing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how I live my whole life, and that's why I haven't gotten further. Is I think I'm doing all these great things, and everyone else is like, why is Jesse 
crawling up the steps. How does he get 10,000 <laughs> steps every day without fail? <laughs> so what was your favorite scene that you want to live? Oh, yeah, we can't go there. Can't go there? Yeah, the opening scene. What? The Lamborghini driving on the highway? That was a Ferrari tester. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, huge difference. I'm a huge Ferrari fan. I love Lamborghinis. I, I like Lamborghinis. I remember, what else is a part of that opening scene? That's all you need to remember. I just want to be driving my Ferrari down the highway. That's not that. That is not what you're thinking because you, you're thinking you can't. That's half it. of it. <laughs> my Ferrari down the highway, Dalmore. Uh, this continues to just really become this super well blended. Way to try to change the subject there. What you? <laughs> See that you want to sing. She looks pretty. She tastes great. I think uh, for me, it'd probably be one to uh, be a part of one of those debauchery Fridays. <laughs> See, I don't know that I'd have. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that messed up where people's lives, like yeah, these these girls are getting their head shaved for ten grand. Hey, she wanted a boob job. Whatever it may be. He helped, I just don't know that I want to be part of that. He helped her get the boob job that she always wanted. Right. And her hair can grow back and she can wear a wig. There's lots of things. Or she could have bought like those little cup extenders that are 20 bucks. To me, it just seemed like it was a big party. It was a riot and, you know, you're having a good time at work. And you don't have to worry about the whole corporate politics and all that other kind of crap that goes along. Well, with. that's because he was the corporate politics. <laughs> And you don't have to worry about it being all PC and all that stuff. I also think that was part of the early 80s. The reality was that politics didn't play the role they do today. That, that's, I think that's, that's more of why I like that whole. Well, but here's the, again, we go to the flip side. Matthew McConaughey, who, you know, devil or angel, whoever you want to be, he ultimately is the devil upon Belfort's shoulder. And he listens. But what I loved about earlier in time too is that there were mentors whether they were good mentors or bad mentors <laughs> you had to make the choice but there were mentors there were people who would actually go take you to lunch and just talk and some of it was chop and some of it was personal but then the two correlated and you got this introspective version of oh so here's why we're talking about this and i can grow here so when i first got out of cu one of my very first mentors because uh, right after i got out of cu i, I I uh, started to work for a uh, life insurance company. And the guy who was my first mentor was a total alcoholic. <laughs> I thought go. I was going to totally die riding with this guy. <laughs> but you <she> kept doing <laughs> it. Um, he got into the car. Like, <laughs> seriously. He's, he's like, blow here. <laughs> Thanks for starting my car. <laughs> the guy. <laughs> the, guy you know, he, he, the funny part is he actually drove better when he was drunk. <laughs> I don't doubt that. I literally don't doubt that. <laughs> High go, functioning alcoholics function better when they're drunk. We get, we, I got, got, you know, went to the went to the office. They had the Monday morning, the Monday morning meeting, and then I had to go with him and go on my like my ride, my ride along, so I can go be trained. And the moment that we left the the office, we drove probably like three or four minutes like down the road. And this is like right by Tamarack Square. Okay, uh, and, yeah. And then like there's like a, there used to be like a like a liquor store right there off of Hampton, just like right by like where the Tamarack Mall was or like the movie theater and all that. 
if you go up on the Hampton and you head west. Yeah, I think there's still one. Just to, it's to like an refer- looking like an old looking small one. And he'd go in Next there. Next to Scandinavian design? I think so. Mm-hmm. And he'd buy like a big, huge seven liter of like McCormick's vodka or something like that. 1.75? Yeah, 1.75 right. McCormick's vodka. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then a bag of ice. And he had like a cooler. <laughs> Dude, this guy's living <laughs> the dream. And he, and he, so he like. We're not supporting this behavior, by the way. <laughs> he would literally. Drink responsibly. He would literally. Chomp his eyes though. He 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 down the vodka like when we driving there. He was like swerving all over the place. Thought I was gonna die. Get to the alcohol. Get to the liquor store. <laughs> he buys all that stuff. Pours himself a glass with like ice in there. Downs all the vodka and you hear him like eating the ice like gaw, 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 gaw. <laughs> just chomping on the ice, pouring more vodka in there. And then after that, he was like perfect. He drove perfect and like. You could just—he smelled like vodka. Like you could just—he just reeked of it. We go into people's houses, and he was like cheap so- vodka. He smelled like cheap vodka. Good vodka, by the way, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, does not have the same smell. <laughs> and we go into people's houses, and he'd sell them life insurance. I'm like, how are you people buying life insurance for this guy who's like obviously fucking drunk off his ass? Because uh, he smelled like Mister Clean. <laughs> <laughs> vodka is a disinfectant. <laughs> 40 years later, here he is, and he's selling life insurance during COVID. Not a germ on his body. So, yeah, that was my very first mentor in the uh, life insurance industry. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, kind of like uh, Matthew McConaughey for Bellafort. But, obviously, uh, Dude, Matthew McConaughey honestly was my favorite character. He's the only character in there where, even though I don't think he was a good person, he's the only one I'd be like, I'd go have lunch with you. I might even pay. Unless you're really going to drink one martini every seven minutes till I'm broke. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about this movie? No, it was good, clean, fun. I'm glad that, you know, uh, nine years after it came out, I finally saw it. <laughs> All right. Good. <clears throat> when I say good, clean, fun, ladies and gentlemen, do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Please do not think I condone any of the activity in this movie. Uh, yes. Drink responsibly. Uh, obviously, if it's an illegal substance, you probably shouldn't be taking it. But if you do, do it responsibly. The only thing I do support is that this cat came out of the can and is still worth $100 million. How do you do that? He's like, well, that's all the money I made while I was legal. <laughs> what? You don't make $100 million legally doing anything. So, uh, so next week's uh, Smarter Challenge Yes. Is uh, I wanted I screwed up I didn't check to see when Mobius uh, Morbius Morbius was coming out so but we are going to have a guest uh, a guest host on here which is uh, Casey and it's going our uh, smart topic our smart challenge is going to be uh, Ted Kaz- uh, Ted Kaczynski which is the Unabomber was he a uh, patriot or was he a traitor or just a moron there's always that possibility there is okay. Or a good guy or a bad guy, depending on how you want to look at it. So, And uh, we'll be looking at his manifesto. And then if you want, there's uh, the TV series, I, I think, ID channel or the History channel. I think it's like six or seven episodes of how they caught him. That's on uh, Netflix. All um, right. But, yeah, we'll just kind of look at that as those are the resources or any other resources you want to utilize. All right. And the Scotch of the Week? Scotch of the Week, it's a Lowlands. 
Going back to the lowlands. I got friends in low places where the whiskey runs and the beer. The so lowlands are definitely be spending some uh, money on their glass here <laughs> with the blando. Yeah, it's a yeah. They did. They definitely spent some money on their their glass there. Looking forward to trying that one out. In the meantime, I'll be enjoying the less easily acquired Dalmore Cigar Malt Reserve. All right, anything you want to say to the people before we wrap up? No, thanks for watching. Please give us feedback, like, share, subscribe. Tell us what you want. (laughs) As Jesse knocks over the uh, lights and takes out my camera. (laughs) One foot, two foot, three foot, four. And there it goes. Floor. Get it? Floor. (laughs) All right. You're still uh, almost centered. (laughs) <laughs> all right anything else you want to say as you continue to knock stuff over no oh, okay. that's it <laughs> all right thanks everyone for uh watching us uh, we appreciate you uh if you uh, are watching us you're probably checking us out on youtube or uh spot uh rumble uh if you're listening to us we're on uh podbean spotify and uh, if you would like to become a patron member, uh, you can do so by going into the descriptions down below. It's the very first link there for the Podbean uh, patron. And uh, thank you. And uh, hopefully you guys all have a great night. And do you want to do the dun 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 If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a Patreon member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.